Welcome to the Jackets Online podcast. I'm Kelly Quinlan. I'm joined by Jared Ellis. And we're back. Uh, this is going to be not a super long one this week. Um, just been a very busy week, particularly for me. So we're just going to try to recap a little bit of what happened um, with the Alcorn State game and then talk about South Florida uh, heading down to Tampa on Friday. And we'll be back Sunday night. Um, for those who don't know, I... While I run Jackets Online, I also own the South Florida website for Rivals. I have uh, a couple of guys down there who work for me, um, Ben McCool and, and Russ Wood. And so it'll be funny because I'll have my full staff of sort of guys down there along with myself. And then Jared will be at home watching it. And um, we're going to kind of try to see what happens it's going to be a weird uh game these are these uh non-conference games against the group of five schools tend to uh not really win you any favor if you win the game and you catch a lot of grief if you lose them and south florida uh despite what people think is probably as talented as most of the acc schools georgia tech plays on a year 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 in and year out i mean certainly not clemson or, or Florida State-level talent, but um, they have a lot of guys who are really good football players, and um, they they fare quite well in recruiting, and they also take a lot of transfers. So when you look at their roster, you got, you know, a kid from Ole Miss. They got their version of Jack DeFore and a backup tight end named Jacob Mathis, who's eligible immediately. Their starting quarterback played at Alabama, uh, started – a couple of years ago for them in the first game of the season before he got unseated. And then um, their starting running back most of the time will be a kid named Jordan Cronkite, who was at Florida and started as a true freshman there. So they have a lot of guys that are, are talented that come kind of all sorts of different ways. And uh, they do a nice job, and they're very athletic, and it'll be a really interesting game this week. But, uh, Jarek, let's, let's – get back and focus kind of on, on Saturday, kind of what was your take on what you saw? You know, typical typical week one game. I, I didn't really expect to see, you know, a, a repeat of 2015. Uh, you know, Well, they're put, not that bad. This, I mean, they're not Savannah State anymore. They've gotten right. much better. Right. I, I didn't really expect to see us, you know, put up 70 points or anything like that. I will say that I had a little bit higher expectations for the offense being that uh, they're definitely the older side of the ball, more experienced. Um, but overall, I mean, I was I was relatively pleased. I think they they know they have a lot to build on. Uh, so now it's just a matter of whether or not they can get it all figured out in time to play a team like you said that, that definitely doesn't get as much respect as they should. No, and it's it's certainly interesting to to play a team like USF. They won ten plus games the last two years. Um, beat pretty good teams from P5s in their bowl games. They beat uh Were they Rutgers last year? No, they last year they beat um they beat Texas Tech in the bowl game. The year before they beat South Carolina. I don't they know beat what Illinois in the regular season last year. The year before that I'm trying to remember. I'm Is Illinois like a, a regular opponent for them? No, they just have a series going with them. They get someone pulled out and they scheduled Illinois. They go they're actually playing them in Chicago at Soldier Field. Um, right. I thought they were playing them again this year. Yeah, they are. They're playing last year they it was funny to me cuz I caught a lot of grief on Twitter for kind of 
doing what I thought was correct, which is I kind of chipped on Central Florida for canceling the game last year. Yeah. Uh, down in Orlando, and I felt like they were just kind of weaseling out of playing Georgia Tech. And it was funny because USF played that weekend. They hosted Illinois, and um, they had one day of practice and played a game. Like, Charlie Strong was like, we're going to play. Charlie Strong kept his players with him where they would be safer on campus rather than sending them home, whereas um, Scott Frost, at, then at Central Florida, Send his guys home. I can see sort of both sides of that, but I tell you what, though, Kelly, them boys dodged a bullet. It's not. I'm not saying that Georgia Tech was, you know, they were playing well. Crazy when... team last year, but they were playing well by by week three. What was it? Tennessee and Jacksonville State were the first two games last season, right? Something like that, and then, um, yeah, it fit somewhere in that. I forget what week it was. They're supposed to. I think it was like four. Week. I think it was. I think it was. Tennessee, Jacksonville State, and Pitt, and then UCF. So, I mean, you know. Either way, they did not have the ball rolling, and I I was expecting nothing less than a win. It was week three. They were supposed to play after Jacksonville State. Yeah, the offense had been clicking. The offense was fine until the middle of the Miami game when it monsooned and uh, Cravante Benson got hurt. And then that's when the wheels started to fall off a little bit. They played well against Clemps, Wake Forest the next week, and then – Things got weird kind of with the Clemson, Virginia, and that's when they started having all the issues with confidence in the defense and whatever. But yeah, that's all water under the bridge at this point. I agree that I was a little disappointed with the offense. Um, you know, I feel like they're a veteran group. I think that they should have come out a little more crisp. The second half was kind of what I expected to see out of the gate from the offense where they looked sharp, Paul Said he called one play the first drive of the second half till they scored, and then they came out passing on the second possession and moved the ball. Taquan got some confidence, looked much better, and then he got yanked out of the game, and that was pretty much the end of it. But, um, you know, uh, the you know people are are going to have crazy expectations. I think that's part of the thing when you deal with fans and. You know, I had people asking me, well, is the defense going to be like a top 30 defense? We don't know anything about this <laughs> defense, and we probably won't until I would say maybe after the Clemson game on the 22nd. Like, Yeah, I remember the quote from Paul Johnson saying, you know, it could be four to five weeks into this thing before we figure out who we really are. Yeah, I think that um, it's just a, a weird uh, a thing. I think people are excited and – I'm trying not to be like a jerk and and not embrace their excitement, but at the end of the day, like they, it's as Paul said, it's not steel curtain, and you're not going to see, um, a, you know, a defense that comes out and dominates people that way right out of the bat. I think they're going to be better, and better is probably good enough. Like, if oh, absolutely. Offense, I mean, if the offense clicks and can play well then, you know, they can win seven, eight, nine games. Like, if the offense doesn't click and the defense is sketchy, then it's going to be a long year again. And so it'll be interesting to see how this all plays out. I find it very uh, interesting. I don't have the weird feelings I've had the last four years with Coach Roof where going into each game, I don't feel – I feel like the offense is going to have to drop 45 to win a game. You know, I don't think it's going to be that way. So I'm very curious to see what happens this weekend. I know a lot about the USF. I've watched 
every game for the last four years from them. Um, seen several games in person, and they're a tough out, man. They're, um, I would say, skill wise, they're superior to teams like from top to bottom and depth wise. I think they have better skill position players than Duke or Pitt at a lot of positions. Mm-hmm. I think those teams may be better in the trenches. Uh, you know, USF has some issues in the offensive line. Um, they're really young, like behind their starters. They have a like kind of veteran group, and then behind those guys is like walk on and four freshmen. So um, things get really sketchy for them if you if you knock an offensive lineman out of the game. Uh, you know, we'll see what Blake Barnett's about. You know, they played Elon their first game, so it's hard to glean a ton off of that. They kind of out athleted them in the first half of that game, and then. They pulled Barnett, put the other two quarterbacks in that were the two guys that lost the quarterback competition, Brett Keen and Chris Aladokin, mm-hmm. and neither one of them did anything. So, um, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see. They struggle. The other, they struggle with the same thing Georgia Tech does too, which is in the past few years, which is they have a lot of trouble putting teams away. They can't step on the neck, as Coach Johnson likes to say. You, you right. have to. You can't keep give people hope, and they're very good at giving people hope in the second half of games. And uh... and so it's pretty much to me just going to be the battle of you know who who's not going to give up the lead at the end. And I can't stress enough how important it'll be for for Georgia Tech to to get off to a quick start with a lot of younger guys. I don't know how well they're going to be able to face adversity. Uh, you know, if they get down earlier, you know, something not favorable happens. It'll be interesting to see, regardless. Because, uh, I, I mean, of course, you'd like to see them respond well to something like that, but I'd much rather just see them come out and, and play well from the get-go. Yeah, I think, you know, really for both of these teams, they both need to play well. This is kind of a big spotlight game. Georgia Tech's been sort of a look-down-upon team um, really since the 2015 season. They haven't really gotten a ton of respect nationally, and uh, – you know, uh, this is a chance for, for Coach Johnson and his staff to kind of establish a new legacy. It's a new kind of turning point in the program. You've got a, a better defensive coordinator. You have a good plan. You're getting more athletic on both sides of the ball. And you have some really talented young players. But <clears throat> those guys aren't ready. James Graham isn't ready to play a game, despite how talented he is. You know, like – those guys are still a little bit away, so it's going to be interesting to see. This is a very much a bridge season, and if Paul can eke out eight wins, nine wins, I think that's a hell of a season. And these are the games you got to win. You've got to beat a USF team on the road, and you got to beat Pitt next week on the road. You can't lose both of these games, so Absolutely. you need to at least split. And, you know, ideally you win both, like, and set yourself up for a big primetime game or well, that you know it might not be a primetime game because um, the Clemson week, Georgia Tech and Clemson play on the 22nd. There's an Atlanta United game that night that's going to be a pretty big deal. So there may be some pushback to not have it be a, a night kick. I um, hope that's not the case. But I, I tell you what, though, honestly, with as popular as that team has been, I, could, I couldn't tell you if – you know, if you have a, a mesh of a, a Tech fan that's also an Atlanta United fan, I wouldn't put it past them to go to the United game. <clears throat> well, and it may, you know, mess up traffic downtown. and all kind. Whenever there's something going on at the Dome or now the Benz and Georgia Tech, it's pretty much a mess downtown. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you kind of look at South Florida. People, I'm sure, want me to 
to kind of break it down a little bit. Um, they're pretty skilled at the receiver position. They have a slot receiver named Tyree McCants, who's like six foot, two hundred forty-five pound, like monster. Um, just a really dynamic guy with the ball in his hands. He also was a return guy for them, and he he's kind of a freak athlete guy and uh, quite quite a difficult matchup. You have to probably put a big safety on him. I'll be curious to see how Woody kind of tries to shackle him. And, and they're both their uh, outside receivers are big guys. Uh, Randall St. Felix is the one that had a big game as a redshirt freshman last week. He's like 6'2", 6'3", 205. And then the other two, they kind of switch them out, which is Stanley Clairvaux and uh, Darnell Solomon. They're both 6'3", 220-plus guys, like just big, physical, fast, wide receivers. They have a really good tight end in Mitchell Wilcox, who's who's going to be an interesting matchup to watch as well. This is very – they're going to spread you out and then try to run the ball in places. they got four running backs. They're confident rolling in there. Trayvon Sands and Elijah Mack played last week. Jordan Cronkite and Durant Bell did not. So it will be interesting to see kind of how those guys get mixed in. Um, the quarterback thing, Barnett, big arm, big guy. Not your traditional guy, but much more like probably some of the guys that uh, they had at Texas in terms of can get some tough yards. Is uh, kind of on the bigger side at six five, two twenty, and it'll be interesting to see kind of how he plays in a with a better with a better opponent facing him on the other side of the ball. Um, this is where Georgia Tech has an advantage. They're young. Uh, they have one returning starter from last year, Greg Reeves, at defensive end. He's sort of their quicker, smaller defensive end. Um, then they have basically four defensive tackles, five defensive tackles. They rotate. They're all sophomores or freshmen, except for Kevin Bronson, who's been injury prone. And then at defensive end, they have Kirk Livingstone and Vincent Jackson kind of as the bigger defensive ends. Those guys have played a good amount of football. But – where it gets really sketchy for them is linebacker. They're going to have to play three linebackers this week, and I'm not sure where they're going to go because they lost, you know, two good guys. They have another guy who's pretty talented who's injured named Andre Polk. And so you have Nico Sotelli, who's the, like, Mike linebacker, who's their Will linebacker last year, and Khalid McGee, who played safety for them last year's playing linebacker now. And then everyone else is basically a first-year player at linebacker. So – that that's you know an interesting thing um a lot of these four two five teams sometimes struggle uh with paul johnson if you don't have a really dynamic safety uh they have some dynamic guys there's a guy named bentley sanders but the interesting thing about bentley sanders is he's built like one of the austin twins he's a shorter guy um not super big i'm curious how he matches up their nickel guys five eight and 177 pounds he's a small guy so uh It'll be a little bit like sort of facing last year's Georgia Tech defense in some ways. Um, they're got one really good cover corner in Maisie Wilkins, who is like one of the top um, cover corners in the country from a statistical like targets and catches and that kind of thing last year. And you know, other than that, they're it's interesting because South Florida was as bad as Georgia Tech last year in special teams. They were both god awful. Uh, they looked okay in the first game. Their punter's an Australian kid that's, like, from some JUCO out in California. And then uh, they have a kicker as a former walk-on who's okay. But nothing to, like, write home about. Their return game's okay. 
they got some talented guys like you know if they can find some space they're still kind of working that out but the thing with USF is you can't let them get into space they have a lot of speed and um, they can eat you up on offense and their defense is is well coached that's what Charlie Strong's known for Brian John John Marie who's the uh, defensive coordinator an old friend of mine he's doing a heck of a job there right now so I think that um, it'll be a good test for them it's a game on paper where I like Georgia Tech's matchups a little bit better mm-hmm. I, that's what I think what Vegas sees they give them a three point edge on the road but I mean it can go sideways on you if you're not careful if they come out and play sloppy uh, it, it's going to be a long night uh, or a long afternoon because you're playing noon there's going to be like 30,000 people in the stadium. It's not going to be it's not like playing at Clemson or Georgia or NC State or whatever where the it's a rowdy fan crowd. It's not like that. Um they haven't really had that since they've left the Big East. So uh, you know, uh, that's going to be an interesting thing to me. Uh, you know, some of Paul's teams have not played well on the road when they've played in front of smaller fan bases like at Duke. So you know, there's a lot of different things I'm really kind of curious about. This being the second game is super weird, so you don't really know what you're getting into. And um, I, I don't know. I, I don't know what to expect, man. People keep asking me my like take <laughs> on it, and I, I don't really have a clear one yet. It, it, it may as well be, you know, another week one game in the sense that, you know, both team played or both teams played other teams that they were expected to to handle fairly easily, which they did. And so for that reason, you know, you don't really kind of you don't you, you don't know anything about either team. So it'll be interesting to see. You know, of course, I don't think we'll find everything out this week. Uh, you know, I mean, they could go out there and play their best game of the season. They could go play the worst game of the season. But either way, it'll be exciting to find a little bit more out about the team. And speaking of special teams, didn't Paul Johnson say something to you guys today about uh, what he was doing about the kicking situation? I know he, he didn't give you a name. Um, yeah, I said they're only taking the two kickers down. They're taking whoever – I guess Brent King's the place kicker. And they're going to take either Wesley Wells or Sean Davis. My guess is Wesley Wells based that on – That was my guess as well. What was going on. Um, and he'll be the one that travels down to, to Tampa. They weren't going to bring like six specialists or whatever because they got a short snapper, a long snapper, Presley, the punter, and then – Two kick. I mean, it's a lot of guys to carry a third kicker because you get seventy five or something like that. You can dress. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. and I was pretty impressed with with how Wells did against. I can say I know Paul. It wasn't going it necessarily in the area that, that Coach Johnson wanted it to go, but it, it was. I mean, he he was getting it past the ten yard line and in or near the end zone at, at least. So I mean, I, I don't remember who it was on the board, but uh, I think it was GT Ewalt was talking about how he could have been one of the best steals. Uh, in terms of kickers in the last class. Well, yeah, that's where it gets interesting. People always are kind of like, go sign a kicker, go sign a kicker. The kickers that sign out of college, even at places like Alabama and Clemson, and the hit rate's low, like UGA. Like, the hit rate's really low, like on, on especially on field goal kickers. Mm-hmm. And so you try to go the walk-on route um, whenever possible, and they rolled the dice on Brent King, and it seems like Brenton's pretty consistent from inside about 44, which is not great. Um, you'd like to be consistent from about 48 in because that gives you a pretty good range and then feel okay gambling on 50, 50 to 53. But, uh, 
you know, that may come with him. He needs to build leg strength. I think Wesley's probably in the same boat. We're spending time in a college strength and conditioning program for a few years will help him. You'll see that kind of pay out in the long run. I think that was something with Harrison that kind of Harrison always had a good leg, but he developed a lot more through that and taking care of his body and stuff like that over time. So, and people don't remember Harrison Bucker struggled his freshman year. He was not. Yeah, definitely. I was not a Harrison Bucker fan initially. No, he missed some kicks and some games and didn't kick off well all the time. And so, uh, and people forget like Justin Moore, who was the kicker they signed before Harrison Bucker, who kicked yeah. off sideways, basically like a wedge, uh, yeah. <laughs> a couple of times. And that was it. That was the last we saw him. And then, uh, you know, Scott Blair was certainly, uh, an interesting football player, but he had some really key misses and you go, go back over time. There's not this huge legacy of, this is not a uh, like kicker you or something. And Paul Institute. Donald, yeah, oh, sorry. And uh, <laughs> the Institute of Kickers. And um, I think that's the way most schools' histories are. Like, it's some years you have a good kicker and some years you don't. And the years you don't, you're sort of screwed if you get into those games where you need it. So I, I think that um, the way I look at things and the way I see this team is it's a work in progress, man. This is a important transition year for for Paul Johnson and, and his players and – um, kind of transitioning into a new defense. You're getting ready to have sort of the end of one sort of cycle of quarterbacks with Justin Thomas and then Taquan and into a totally new kind of world with James Graham or Lucas Johnson or whoever, or Tobias Hall, whoever the quarterback is of the future, Jordan Yates or Demetrius Knight, whatever guy it ends up being down the line. So uh, it, it's an interesting time. I like the direction the program's going as a whole, but these, you know, the problem is they've had the two down seasons out of the last four. And so people want to see, you know, they want to see a good year to have something to, to edge some hope and keep, you know, your coworkers from giving you grief in the office. And there's people kind of underestimate some of that stuff. Um, it, it, it is a tough thing. If, if you uh, see, he agrees with me. <laughs> if if you uh, have those issues um, going on. So I, I think that, uh, you know, eight wins would cure the soul right now for, for Tech fans and make everyone pretty happy. As, as long as Georgia doesn't win like a national championship, eight wins should be sufficient to kind of keep everyone at bay for a little while. I agree. And really, you know, a big thing, like you were saying, is, how it's kind of a younger team and it's something to be excited for for the future especially when it comes to special teams because you know Britain's a younger guy and if you ask me unless they get like a Fitzgerald or or someone like that he'll probably be the guy doing the kicking for a couple years to come and while he's not been the most lights out guy so far he's young so he does have a lot of time to improve and like you said Harrison was didn't get off to a good start And, and the team overall is younger so there's no telling what it can you know turn into yeah, I think it's going to be really interesting to see what happens over the rest of this season. So I think, um, you know, it's going to be fun to watch, and I'm looking forward to seeing the game Saturday and getting to learn a little bit more about this team. And the season won't be over one way or the other. I mean, there's still 10 more games after these two, maybe 11, maybe 12. So I think people just need to be calm, enjoy 
the show a little bit. It's not the end of the world one way or the other what happens this weekend. It's just going to learn a little bit more about this program and where they're at and what they're building to. And they've had plenty of seasons where they start out fast and ended slow and vice versa and up and down seasons. So one game does not make a season. So let's just see how they progress from week one to week two. Yeah, I definitely don't want anybody jumping the gun, regardless of what happens next week. You know, I don't want any playoff predictions if if they if they come out and play well. I definitely <laughs> don't want any any three and nine predictions if they don't, because I mean we don't know anything about this team as of right now, and, and there's a lot of raw talent that I think can turn into uh, a really good overall football team very soon. Yep. So, any final thoughts or predictions, Jared, for this weekend? Uh, I'll give you my prediction. Uh, I mean, I think, I think it should, it should be a win. I, it's a, it's a scary game, man. It really is, and it can go the other way very quickly. But if everything goes how it should, and they, and they, you know, they show some improvements from last week, then I think they'll be able to pull it out, and hopefully, hopefully, win these next two games on the road. That would be really big heading into Clemson. Cool. I. Uh... I don't know what to predict, so I'm going to hold back a little bit. Stay tuned to Jackets Online. I might Are you sure that's why you're not making a prediction? Uh, yeah, I just don't know what to think, man. I sat and watched the USF game Saturday and rewatched some of George Tech's game, and I just don't know what to think. So You've got two different fan bases counting on you to pick their team. I understand the position you're in right now, but we want to hear it. Yeah, you know, they're giving me – both uh, fan bases are going to give me hell either way. So, <laughs> I, you know, I don't know, man. I just so, Georgia Tech National Champions, you heard it here first, Kelly <laughs> <laughs> Well, for uh, Jared Hallis, I'm Kelly Quinlan. This has been the Jackets Online podcast. And uh, hopefully we'll have a uh, an interesting game to talk about. And uh, for the sake of my Georgia Tech board, hopefully a W – uh, the USF board will be a little bit more kind to me probably in a loss <laughs> than, than the other way around. But uh, for Jared, I'm Kelly. Uh, everyone uh, enjoy their week.